0: series called Unshaken, and uh, what we're talking about is the 23rd Psalm and how uh, God is our shepherd. Um, I was at an event a few, um, a couple months ago, oh yeah, I was, and uh, Don Rogers was one of the uh, pe- people there, Don from ELI. Thank you for all of you who went out to the 5K yesterday and ran. Um, I, I had a hard time getting up this morning, like literally getting out of bed, uh, but uh, it was really fun to see a lot of you there uh, supporting ELI. It's a, it's a ministry that we love, but uh, I was talking to him, and he said to me, uh, I have something for you, and he, he pulled this out, and I said, oh, sweet, <laughs> a stick, how thoughtful, Uh But as he began to describe what it is, it's called a rungu, and it's from Kenya. And the shepherds have them. And the shepherds will use these for a whole bunch of different things. And what will happen is the shepherd will actually go out. This comes from a from a, the branch of a tree. And they, they cut out the knot uh, in the tree and they, they pick their own rungu and they carve it themselves. And so then it becomes just an extension of who they are. And they use the rungu to guide the sheep. And so uh, some sheep uh, just get like a little tap on the bottom, like, hey, we're going this way. Uh, other, other sheep, uh, you know, you might get a little poke in the ribs and then some sheep... Uh, <laughs> You flip it around. And uh, he said, I want, I want you to have it. And it, 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 it sits on my desk, and it just means a lot to me. But uh, as we go through this series on the 23rd Psalm, uh, I've been thinking about this rungu and just how the shepherd guides the sheep. And sometimes it's just a little tap, a little reminder. This is also used to ward off predators. So if there's a, a, a coyote or whatever, um, that they'll use this. And they also learn how to throw it, which I thought was cool. Except for when you throw it, then you no longer have it. And uh, so you better hit what you're throwing at, unless it comes back at you. But, but all these different ways that the shepherd guides his sheep. And, uh, in Kenya, they use the rungu. In other places, they'll use a rod um, or their, their staff. And that'll be how they kind of make contact with the sheep. It becomes an extension of the shepherd. But the thing the shepherd uses the most, the tool that the shepherd uses the most to guide the sheep, and the tool that I hope you, you get this morning, is the shepherd's voice. I want to show a quick little video on, uh, on the shepherd's voice. Isn't that amazing? You're probably wondering what I was wondering. Why is Dwight Schrute in a Denver Broncos uniform? Uh... <laughs> He kind of did look like Dwight. Anyway. Uh, but that voice. Those sheep hear that shepherd's voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. If I had a prayer for this church. For you. If I have a prayer for you. And this is your first time here. You just decided you'd wake up and you'd go to church. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. Maybe you don't even know if you have believed the Bible yet. My prayer for you is that you would understand your shepherd's voice. That you would hear his voice as he guides you, leads you, corrects you, sometimes pokes you a little bit. That you'd hear your heavenly father's voice calling to you, guiding you and directing you. That's what I want to talk about this morning a little bit. I wanted to review... Uh, last week, um, we just did verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And this is so important to see that, that the whole song of, of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is just a song David wrote. We don't know what the tune is, but it would be a song that he, he penned. And then probably as he was leading his own sheep, would hum it in his mind. Would sing it in his mind. Would remind himself... Of those words that were inspired by God. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And that first line of that song. Is the lens by which we see the entire song. In other words. If we don't believe. That having the shepherd is enough. We will constantly be looking. For more and more things. In places we should not be looking. A matter of fact. If we don't see the shepherd. As our provider. As our guide. Our guide then we will often find ourselves wandering into pastures that we have no business being in. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That is the lens by which we see this. Um, I don't have my glasses. Put got it. But my lovely assistant. That's a good-looking assistant right there. Uh, For those of you on Facebook right now, it was my wife. Okay, good. Um, (laughs) Like, what's going on at that wacky church over there? The Lord is my shepherd. I I lack nothing. See, the the, the problem is we live in a culture in America, and don't get me wrong, I love America. I think it's awesome. But our culture, the the thing that our culture revolves around is the fact that you do lack things. You do lack... Images and, and messages. All the, I'm probably after church today. I'm going to go home. I'll probably end up, I don't know, watching football or something. <laughs> Anywho, uh, while I watch that game, it's just going to be every time they take a break, you lack, you lack this car, you lack this body, you lack this, you lack that, you lack that. If you only had this, you'd be happy. It, and it's, it will be throughout the entire game. If I go on Facebook, off to the right when I'm on my Facebook page, you lack, you lack this, you need that, this is new. But how old is your thing? Oh, yeah, this is better. You, you, you lack this one. You have clothes? Yeah, they're not the right kind of clothes. You, you lack, you lack, you lack. I mean, that to me, if I had to sum up American culture, it would be consume as much as you can and then you'll be happy. But the lens in which we're going to see Psalm 23, is the, it starts off with this fact. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And so, let's take a look and see uh, what, he, what happens next. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It takes a lot for a sheep to lie down. <laughs> It takes four things, basically. One is the freedom from pests. Pests are horrible to sheep because, you know, they got their little spindly legs. It's hard to keep them off of their face. And so it's very difficult. And sometimes, and we'll see this uh, in, the, in the one of He Anoints My Head With Oil, um, that uh, the To keep the pests away, the shepherd would put oil all around the the sheep's eyes because what would happen is flies would come and they land there and they lay their eggs in the sheep's eyes. I know. It's like, (laughs) sleep tight tonight. (laughs) Okay. And, and so then those, they hatch, and it starts driving the sheep crazy, and the sheep just start going nuts, and it messes up the whole flock. And so being free from pests, they have to be free from pests. A lot of times what shepherds will do is they'll have a field, and then they want to pick a field that's by some trees or a thicket or something like that, so that if, if the flies get too bad, the sheep can escape into the thickets and into the trees to just get away from the flies. So free from pests is one of the things that needs to be there. The other thing is um, that they need to be free from dissension in the flock. So just like your work, <laughs> your school, sometimes at church, not ours, thank goodness, there will be people who cause dissension. Maybe they want to be the top dog. Maybe they want to be the one everybody listens to or whatever. And, and, it's, and it's hard. And many of you work in a place like that, like... You go to work, everything's calm, and then that boss, he or she walks in and everyone's just like, oh man, what's going on? That's the same thing with sheep. Now here's the funny thing about sheep. If you're the best sheep in the flock, you're still a sheep. (laughs) Like you really haven't arrived. Like you taste delicious and that's great, (laughs) but you're still, don't send me any emails. You're still just a sheep. Like, like you'll see it on an elementary school playground. They'll be the big man on campus like in the fourth grade. And all the girls think he's cute and everybody fears him. He's like matured faster than everyone. And he's like, and everyone's like, wow, you know, don't mess with Steve or whatever. We'll just call him Steve. Uh, you know, he's so awesome. And then you as an adult walk onto the campus and you're like, get out of here. What are you doing? He's like, no, no, he's the coolest fourth grader on campus until I start tickling him, and then he pees his pants, and now he's not at <laughs> school anymore. It's like, you're still just a sheep. Now listen, listen, hold on, I'm, get, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> this is how God, as we fight and try to gain and say, I do lack, I want to get a better job, and this and that, we, we try to climb and claw our way up. God says, your identity isn't found in that. Your identity is found in in what I think about you, not how you compare to each other, and so dissension in the ranks is, is uh, uh, some uh, the second thing. The third thing is they need to be well fed. Because a sheep will just continue eating. If it's not well fed, it'll just continue wandering for food. It's like a, it's like a little sausage with toothpicks, lawnmower. You know, like it just goes around and just chew, chews up grass. It won't lie down until it's well fed. And then the fourth thing is it has to be free from fear. Free from fear. And as I was reading those facts about the sheep, I started thinking, that's me. That's me. When, when I can't relax, when I can't calm down, when the Lord says, "Listen, th- this—I I have a pasture for you that's very restful," and I, I want to lead you there, I want to lead you into there. Even when I get there, oftentimes the pests of anxiety. These thoughts going in my mind. Oh, well, yeah, what if we can't? We don't. We don't have time to stop here. We got to do this. We got to do that. There's so much to do. I got to get this done and that done and that done. And I can't. I can't lie down. I can't calm down. That's why I say he makes you lie down in green. He's he's provided everything for you to calm down. So let me ask us this question: Why aren't we calm? Why why are we so stressed out? And I, I hope to answer that by the time we're done this morning. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep are terrible at providing those four things for themselves. They're horrible. They can't get rid of the pests. Okay. They, they can eat, but they can't find the next pasture in order to, they, they, they'll die on the way unless they're led by the um, shepherd. Right. They're fearful, fearful animals. Okay. And they, and they, they, fight with each other and get all messed up and all they're terrible at it. But the shepherd, the shepherd can provide all those things. I wonder in my own life, when I get to a place where I'm agitated, I can't lie down and I can't rest, what I'm not relying on the shepherd for. What, what am I, I know he's provided it, why am I not experiencing it? So he makes us Lie down in green pastures. Man, if you're a sheep, a green pasture is exactly where you want to (laughs) be. There's not that much more a sheep needs than a green pasture and a shepherd that's caring and protecting. And that's how, that's where he leads us. Listen to this in Psalm 4. I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. That where God is, where Christ has led you, is a green pasture. And those times in my life when I don't feel that safety, I don't feel that comfort, is often a place because I have gotten myself to a pasture I shouldn't be in. Or I'm not hearing the voice of my shepherd. He goes on, he says this, he leads me beside quiet waters. Sheep need quiet waters. Because they're easily frightened. And so anything that uh, spooks them. And they also want to be able to hear predators from far away. And so a, a large river will drown out that. They know that. And so they're just agitated. And they're, they're, they're freaked out. They have to be free from fear. I'm going to touch back onto a sermon I preached just a few weeks ago. One of the other parts of our culture is not only is it based on a consumeristic mindset you lack, it also is based on you should be afraid. You should be afraid of, I won't even go into all the examples, (laughs) but you you should be fearful. If you turn on any news organization, I don't care which one, or any website that dispenses news, count how many things you're supposed to be afraid of. It's all based on fear. And if we decide to be in those turbulent waters with a steady diet of fear, we're going to be fearful people. We will not be in the pasture that Jesus wants to lead us. Fearful of... What's going to happen globally? Fearful of the economy. Fearful of this particular group of people. And these people are fearful of those people. And those people are fearful of those people. Because if those people get in power, do you know what's going to happen to these people? Those people are going to, I don't even know. And then these poor people, they're just, they're just sitting off to the side. Oh my goodness. If that's what's happening to you, I don't think you're in the pasture that Jesus wants to lead you. Now should we care? Absolutely. But if our steady diet of information is fear, that are, those are turbulent waters that the Lord does not want to lead us to. Because here's what He wants to do: He refreshes my soul. Actually, that's verse three, not verse two. That's a typo. The way Psalm is written is it's one song with different stanzas, um, and then He restores my soul is actually the beginning of verse three. But then uh, it's just a terrible way to place verse 3. So just so you know this, the numbers in the Bible, like the verses, God didn't put those in there, okay? So I'm allowed to do this, okay? He told me it was fine. I I could mess up the numbers and take half of verses and all that. It's a better place. I don't know what the guy was doing when he put in the numbers, but bad guy. That was not a good place. And it's messing up my sermon. He refreshes my soul. That that is the vision that your heavenly father has for you. That your soul is refreshed. That, as we'll see in a couple of weeks, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil. For God is with you. He's the one leading you. What I love about the Psalm, psalm 23 is it's, it's not a psalm that just... Is like all rainbows and unicorns. Like it's just, oh, it's just, it, it talks a lot. Like I lack nothing. Well, the reason you have to tell yourself you lack nothing is because you're going to, by your just brokenness, feel like you lack a lot of things. And so when D- I could just imagine David, he's probably like me, he got, gets the song into his head and then he can go back to it. You ever had a song in your head? You ever had a song in your head that you don't want in your head? And you're trying to get rid of it? I can, get a, I can put a song in your head right now. I won't even sing the whole song. I'm going to sing three words. Ready? You can, you can go on from my three words if you'd like to sing it for just a little bit. Okay. Here's the story. Hey. Thank you. Have a nice day. Because that's got to be going. will be doing the dishes of a lovely lady. Le- oh, man. I got it. Right? Our brains are set up that way. I, I could imagine David walking with his sheep, and it's just a, it's a, it's a difficult day, and he feels like, man, if he had only had five more sheep, his flock would be perfect, or if only they could, you know, get through this thing, and he just would go through that again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Here I am. I got my sheep. I'm blessed. He makes me lie down on green pastures. Yes, right now we're going through a difficult time, but just getting that refrain in there to refresh his soul. And so he says, what, why does he say you lack nothing? Why does he, why does he say I lack nothing? Because he's probably going to be reminded all the time that he feels like he does lack. Why does he say he leads me to green pastures? Because there are times when you're just in a rocky state and it's hard to find grass. Why does he say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil? Because there's evil out there. It's, it's not just a, 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 a real comforting uh, chapter, although I read it at funerals all the time. There's a comforting part to it. But the comforting part is the understanding that life is difficult sometimes. But if you're listening to the voice of your shepherd, if you're following your shepherd, ultimately your soul We'll be refreshed. And so I want to jump a little bit uh, to another section of Scripture because um, this is very important. Uh, In order to to get to these green pastures, in order to be led to the quiet waters, in order to have our soul refreshed, the first and foremost thing we have to do is follow the shepherd. We have to follow the shepherd. Now, if you want to know what is it like to follow God in this way, then we have to look at the person who was the perfect shepherd. Jesus. And if Jesus has something to say about what it's like to follow the good shepherd, we want to hear from him. We want to know what it, what it is that needs to happen. And by the time we get done this morning, I'm hoping I'll give you just some exercises that you can take into this week of how to find rest for your souls. That's that's a little bit outside of the norm of our culture. Our culture says you lack. Our culture says be fearful. Our culture says look out for number one. Be independent. If you don't take care of you, no one's going to take care of you. And Jesus has a completely different model. That's kind of hard to do in the beginning. Here's what Jesus says. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest I, I don't need to see any hands uh, right now but how many of you feel just weary <laughs> how, how many of you right now in the sound of my voice just feel burdened just feel like man this is tough Jesus goes on to talk about how you get the rest that you need in order to get through what you need to get through. And it's just not that comfortable. He says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, what is that yoke? Uh, When I was little growing up in church, I always meant meant that, like, get egg on your face, okay, right? Until I learned how to spell, and it's spelled a a different way. But the yoke is what the oxen go under so that you can plow the field. You don't just have an oxen on a leash, okay? And and then you go, the oxen need to be under this thing, especially when you have two oxen. Two oxen need a yoke because that keeps them together. So that, so that they're, they're, when one doesn't start pulling off this way, one starts pulling that way. You've got two oxen under the yoke. Now, you're saying, John, does God see us as oxen? Like, well, it's just an analogy. But here's the thing about oxen that's so fascinating. One oxen can obviously pull as much as one oxen. Two oxen actually pull almost ten times one oxen, When they're side by side and when they're pulling together, they can pull more. Here's what I believe Jesus is saying. When he says, take my yoke upon you, I don't believe he's saying, here you go. I believe you slip in right next to him. It's his yoke. It's the one he's using. He says, look, I have given you a way to get through this life. I've modeled it for you. And here's what's going to have to happen. You are going to take my yoke. You're going to have to come under the authority of where I'm leading. And when you do, you now get the strength of two oxen instead of just one. It's almost like Jesus sees you struggling, sees you striving, sees the burden, sees how tired you are and says, Hey, 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 get under, get under here. We'll do it together. It's his yoke. It's the one he's already shown us how to use. And then watch what he says. Because here's the thing I'm thinking. Well, shoot, if I'm next to another ox and we're pulling, I want to know what kind of ox that is. (laughs) You know, I don't want some crazy ox going all haywire and all this kind of stuff. He goes on, he says, For I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, now. When you come to Christ, you come under the authority of Christ. That although Christ is our Savior, he's also our King. We, read about, we sang about this morning. He's the Lion of Judah, but he's also a gentle lamb. And what, God, what Jesus knows is that, listen, for your life... I know it feels like you've you got to strive more. You've got to go more. You've got you to get more. If you would only have these few things, and everything is going to be fine. But what I'm telling you is that if you would submit your life to me, it's going to be uncomfortable at first. But I'm gentle and humble and hard, and here's what will happen. Because we wondered, how do you restore the soul? And you will find rest for your soul's if you can come under the authority of Christ in areas of your life in perspectives of how you see the world how you see others of how you see your marriage of how you see your singleness of how you see the people at your work if you can come under that and go okay how would Jesus plow this field you come under and you begin to plow together and you get ten times what you would normally get the fruit, than you'd get on your own. Because here's why. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The The most difficult part about it is getting submitted under it. Once you're submitted under it and you begin to see how God fills in those gaps... Maybe for you, singleness is like the worst thing in the world. And you're, you're, you're trying to figure out, how do, how do I find a husband? How do I find a wife? How do I find this? And Jesus says, come on, come on. Hey, let's, let's just go under the thing. Let's go and plow this field together. And you go, okay, you know, I'm going I'm to take this a whole different way. I'm going to view this differently. Maybe with your career. You think, oh man, if I could just, if I could just get, I can't believe they gave that raise to her, to him, that promotion. I've been here longer, and and Jesus said, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. That looks like a really difficult field you're plowing. Why, Why don't you come under here, and let's plow it together. Is your identity found in your work? Are you, what? And you begin to sense God's moving in your life and that things begin to change perspective. Maybe it's your schooling. Maybe you're like, I just got to get out of school. <laughs> like, I hate my school or whatever. I hate the people at my school and all, all this. I, I deserve, but I should be farther along. And Jesus says, hey, come here, come here, come here. Take my yoke. Let's, let's plow this field together. Check out, I love Jeremiah 6.16 because, again, one of the things our culture does is like news, new is always better, right? Everything's what? New and improved, right? You don't, nobody, no car company says, you know, welcome to the, ni- the 2018 Hyundai Sonata. It's like the Pacer, you know? It's like, it's just like that. It's like, so we just, we wanted to go retro for a little while, Right? No, it's the greatest thing, and that, and you need this, and it's got all these features, and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I needed all those features. You do. You lack them all right now. <laughs> you lack all those features, you know. And so, so you go into you go into that whole thing and news better, and then you you know there, you want to know a new discovery and a new this and a new that and you know a, a new medication to make everything better. And here's what Jeremiah. says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, the ones that have been tried and tested and true. In other words, when it comes to our lives, he goes on, ask where the good way is and walk in it. See, when it comes to our lives, sometimes it's not a new thing. It's just applying an old thing, an old truth. Instead of a, a, a new way of looking, a new that maybe maybe the word of God actually has some ancient paths that people have been walking in for a few thousand years that are really really important paths. You know what'll happen if you do that? Again, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to give us some things. I, the, this is not an exhaustive list. But at the, t- at the end of something like this, you think, well, what's my next step? Like, do I just go to Jesus or pray and then go, okay, I'm under the yoke. <laughs> like, like what do we do? Well, what we didn't spend much time on is what Jesus actually said. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There is something about the word of God that, that begins this submissive yoking problem. I was going to say, and I'm not yoking, but that would be a really, actually, I just, I did say it, didn't I? Didn't see that coming. Uh Right? So there's this this process. There's this process of going, okay, I need to stop plowing my own field. And I need to figure out how do I get under the submissive yoke of Jesus. And so I'm going to give you some things you can do right away. Okay? These are little disciplines that you can apply to your life. They don't, they're not self-help quick fixes. They are ancient path things. Here's the first one. If you start with anything, I would start with this. Set aside time daily to be in God's word. Now, for some of you, you may may be like, well, I don't even know. What is God's word? And that's that's what we call the Bible. And and you might be like, well, I don't don't even know, know if I believe the Bible. Fine, but this would be your next step is to just set aside. Now, here's what happens. Two things happen. One, you get the Word of God in your mind every single day. These are the ancient paths. These are the things uh, that we know are true. The second thing is you submit your time to God. You don't start your day or end your day going, it's all about me. If I have time, then I will. You set, you set aside the time. You pre-submit. You say, okay, God, This is how I'm starting my day or this is how I'm ending my day. We set aside time daily to be in God's word. And you can do it so many different ways. You can can start off easy and get a little book online called Jesus Calling. And that'll just get your mind kind of in that thing. It's not the Bible, okay? But it just gets your mind into thinking, could I hear from Jesus every day? And then you might want to move into a book that's easy, like the book of the Gospel of John, and just kind of learn about Jesus. And then as you go, you'll start going. Like right now, I'm in um, 1 Timothy. It's just a letter Paul wrote to his his, uh, fellow pastor, Timothy. And I I just spend spend 10 minutes every day just reading the Word of God. Uh, I do it weird. I I build a little fire in my front patio, and I just pray, and uh, I'll pray for... 15 minutes, I'll read my Bible for 15 minutes, and I'm done. I just have to set that time aside. It's just a discipline. Number two, oh, you guys are lucky you're here this week. <laughs> Prioritize weekly gathering with God's people. So this could be go to church every week. That's fine. I mean, I, you know, it's easy for me to say I'm the pastor, of course. I want everybody to come to church every week. I love you guys. i like to see you. All right, but, but just a weekly gathering. The, the purpose of you being here. I, I hate to tell you, is not just to hear an incredibly dynamic and wonderfully well-thought-out sermon, okay? I can, I can literally give you four better pastors to listen to than myself, okay? If that's all it is, if it's just to get information, then you've missed something. So some people, they use this, it's, Sundays are hard, they, sometimes they work night shift, all that. But their small group becomes their weekly gathering. The church is called the ecclesia. It just means gathering. If you're not gathering, you're not doing church. You can read your Bible all day. You can listen to books on tape. You can listen to pastors. You can watch videos. You're not doing church. Church is gathering. And when we prioritize it, we say, God, I'm prioritizing your body, Jesus. Your bride. I find value in your bride. That is a submissive posture. Number three, and this, again, this list isn't exhaustive, and I'll go through it relatively quickly, but practice solitude and silence. Solitude and silence are difficult. This is one of my hardest ones. When I, I did it this morning. I got in my car. I'm driving to church. The first thing my basal ganglia told me to do was press the button to start the radio. Like, just, I just oh, my goodness, it's quiet, and I can hear myself breathing. I, oh, what's going to happen, you know? Just to be able to practice that, you do not need a constant soundtrack to your life or constant noise to be able to go. Now what happens in that solitude and silence is that you can listen to the voice of your shepherd. You become good at it. Schedule a mini retreat to be with God. Maybe it's just a hike. You take a day hike. But the sole purpose of that day hike is to say, you know what? I'm just going gonna, gonna to set everything aside. I'm setting my cell phone. I, don't, I, have, I have no Stuff And I'm just going to go walk. I'm going to experience his creation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the beach. I'm just going to experience I'm going to think about, man, you created all this. How would you do that? And I'm going to listen to the voice of God. It's another one that's uh, difficult for me. When I went on sabbatical, um, and sabbatical is just a rest, um, the first thing I did was I, I booked a flight to Guatemala uh, to practice my Spanish, but also to... Uh, be in an, just be in an unfamiliar place. And so the first day, I'm like, well, it was great, you know, walking around. And as I was able to just exercise that, that, that day, the second day, I, I woke up like looking forward to walking through Antigua with God. (laughs) And I don't, you know, don't, think I'm weird, but I just, I like put on my back, I had this little camelback backpack with my water and I just walked all around the city just talking to the Lord or whatever. It was, it was wonderful. That's, uh, you can do that too. It's just a mini retreat. Uh, disconnect from media, yes, that includes Facebook. I don't know who did the Facebook challenge that I had a few weeks ago of trying to go 30 days without it. Um, I'll put you on the spot. Did anyone make it 30 days? Did you make it through? Yep, you did. Good, thanks. Good, awesome, awesome. Great. You guys are, you guys get, uh, you don't get this. That's a, You don't get that. No. Yeah, just come complete, like, media fast. TV, like, all, all of it. That, that, that helps. And, and it doesn't have to be for 30 days. You just say, you know what, tomorrow I'm unplugged. We call that a Sabbath, by the way, and it's in the Bible. And God created it for you. As a matter of fact, one time Jesus was walking with his disciples, and they were picking heads of grain uh, in a field. And uh, the Pharisees uh, were accusing them of not honoring the Sabbath. And Jesus just made this amazing statement. The Sabbath was made for man. Like God set aside, look, Take a day completely disconnected. That's for that's for you and I, and so uh, you can do that for others. Here's, here's a few others: serve others. That, that gets us away from this constant desire to um, satisfy ourselves. That's a big part of our culture, is that you deserve to have all your needs satisfied, all your wants satisfied. You believe to, you, uh, you deserve to achieve all that you believe. And uh, when you serve others, you get out of that cycle. Give sacrificially and consistently. We are told that what we have is ours and that it should be used to our benefit and for this and that and God's flips it all around and said, it's mine, you can steward it, and I've got principles for giving that are going to release you from the burden of having to plow your own field. Okay? Like I said, a lot of them are, are, are different. This one's hard. Ask before buying, scheduling, or committing. It's not your money, it's not your time. Okay? So before buying something, just go before the Lord. Slip in under the yoke. Hey, how's it going? I was thinking about buying something. You know, it's a Mercedes. No, okay, thanks, <laughs> God. Get right. you know. but just submit. Ask him. Do I really need this? Do I really need another fidget spinner? Like, do it, there, you know? He might say yes. You'd be surprised. <laughs> and many more. Um, as Adria comes back up, we ended with this song. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul longs for you. And I want to give us an opportunity real quick as a gathering, because this is one of the reasons why it's important to be here. I ask the question, are any of you burdened Are any of you weary? Are you at a place where you're just like, man, I'm just tired? One of the great things about getting together is that some of you may be tired and some of you may not be tired. And this gives us the opportunity to just lay hands on those that are tired, to support them, to pray for them, to invite the Lord to sustain them. Because I believe that the power of prayer really works. And so I want to give those of you who are weary and burdened and you're just at the end of your rope a chance to be prayed for. And so if you have the energy, <laughs> would you stand up and just stay standing? Because I'm going to make sure some people pray for you. So I know this is hard to do and uh, it's hard to be first. Thank you very much. Awesome, awesome. Awesome. Is there anybody who just feels like, man, I could use some prayer? Awesome, great, good, good. Anybody else? It's no big. That's what the nice thing about being a family. It's no, no big deal. You're not saying I'm weak. You're not saying I, I don't handle my life very well. It's just you're in one of those seasons of being tired. Oh, good. Anybody else? Awesome. I don't want to miss anybody. This is always a sweet time for us uh, when we get to pray for one another. Okay, great. Okay so the people who are sitting look around see who's near you I want you to stand up and get alongside of them you got someone behind you got Jose behind you uh, Ariel thanks Great yeah, let's miss. you honest miss got that yep cool thanks Great I'm going to lead us in a prayer Guys I'm- Before I lead us in a prayer, I just want to tell you something real quick. This is church. This is church, okay? Lord Jesus, for those who have stood that are burdened and weary, Lord God, we lay hands on them and we ask that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would show them that it's just a little while longer. Or that you would um, sustain them, that you would bring people into their lives who can come alongside, that you would speak to them. If they're in a, 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 a pasture that they're not supposed to be in, Lord, I pray that supernaturally you would hear, that they would hear your voice. They would hear the voice of their shepherd, the one that loves them, the one that wants to lead them to green pastures beside quiet waters to restore their soul. Lord, you are the shepherd that says, Take my yoke upon you. I'm gentle. And humble in heart. And so Lord I pray for them right now. I pray that even now they would just sense. A moving of your spirit. That a new day is coming. We ask that. In the name of Jesus. Amen.